Welcome to the Public Services Reform Podcast from the Center for Market and Public Organization. My name is Ramesh Vaitalingam, and today I'm at the American Economic Association meetings in New Orleans, and I'm talking to Professor Dan Hammermesh from the University of Texas at Austin. Dan spent some time at uh, the center uh, a few years ago, and we're going to be talking a little bit about a research program he's engaged, been engaged in for, for some while now on the whole area, uh, area of beauty and the labor market. Dan, why don't you start off by giving us an introduction, an overview of what this this uh, research program is all about. Sure. One might wonder why an economist would be interested in this, okay, other than the fact that it's wonderful gossip and great fun and people are interested in it. And I think the reason is there's a whole variety of economic questions in the general area of discrimination toward which this area of research, this line of research, can uh, shed some light. So I think that's my intellectual interest in it. But of course, like anything an economist does, the real reason for doing it is it's just fun. Okay, so, so what you've been looking at is really the, the, the impact of how people look on their outcomes in the labor market, their, their career success, this kind, these kind of issues. That's the start of it. Our first paper took a bunch of data sets that are publicly available in which, in addition to all the usual information on how much people earn, their demographic and economic characteristics, there was also information where the interviewer in the study would rate the looks of the interviewee. Now you might say, isn't that sort of silly because I can rate your looks and I would say you're a really handsome guy and somebody else would look at you and say, what an ugly face, okay? But in fact, there's tremendous agreement about who's good looking. If there weren't, this would not be a topic. But we have tremendous agreement on who's good looking and who's really ugly. There's some disagreement, but there's a tremendous correlation. That being the case, we can then ask the question, if most people think somebody is good looking, is that person, that person who is viewed as good looking, going to do better in the labor market, going to earn more, going to get promoted faster, et cetera, et cetera. And the answer is very clearly yes. We showed this in a variety of data sets covering North America for both men and women. It's also been shown in data for Australia, for the UK, for we did it for Shanghai, China, et cetera, et cetera. So there's no question that Everything else the same, education, age, race, uh, the better looking person is going to do better in the labor market, going to earn more. And it's not an insubstantial amount. We're talking perhaps for men in America going from the bottom 15% of lookers, it's pretty ugly people, to the top 30% of lookers. We're talking a difference. Everything else the same on the order of 12 to 15%, which is a substantial. It's equivalent to like a year and a half of extra schooling. So that's the extra earnings they're going to get over their lifetime. Each year. Each year they're getting. 12 to 15% extra. It's somewhat more for men than for women. That's been found in most studies, of which we were the first one to point that out. Which, of course, people are always wondering, why is it more for men than for women? And the answer is that there are other ways that women's beauty affects them in markets. A, men work more than women. Men don't have much of a choice of working or not working. Women, if you're a woman and, gee, you think I'm really not very good looking, I'm going to be penalized for my looks, I can stay home. So we also have shown that better looking women are more likely to be at work. Bad looking women are more likely to be out of the labor force. Secondly, there's another market, and this is where economics comes in. I mean, we think about markets. There's another market where looks matter much more for women than for men, and that affects how well they do economically. That market being the dating and marriage market. And in fact, we showed that good-looking women get husbands who have about an extra year of schooling, which in America means about 12% more earnings as compared to bad-looking women. And whereas for men, uh, 
their looks have no impact on the economic potential of the women they marry. I mean, women do not value men's looks in the marriage market. Men value women's looks in the marriage markets. And this has been shown in other contexts, but what we showed is that it affects uh, the match and the economic outcomes. What, what about the UK data? What, what have you found there? Is it similar sort of results to that the US? That wasn't my own work. That was a work of some economists in the UK. The results weren't that different. I mean, the problem is the data are never the same. The classifications are slightly different. But the overall gist of it was the same as we saw in the US and the Canadian data that we used. Now, people spend a lot of time trying to make themselves look good. I mean, there's a huge uh, industry in the you know, fashion, clothing, cosmetics. I mean. Does that, does that kind of thing have an effect? Can you, can you make yourself more beautiful, more attractive, and therefore gain some, something in the labor market, and, and maybe in the marriage market too, for, for You women? would think this would matter, okay? I mean, given 15% extra per year, I mean, in my own case, I call myself the follically challenged, okay? Namely, I don't have a lot of hair anymore, okay? And you might ask if this really matters, well, I do get hair transplants in order to increase my uh, economic well-being. It turns out that I don't believe that, in fact, all these superficial things, be they cosmetic, clothing, even hair transplants, really affect people's perceptions of your beauty. Okay? There was a wonderful social psychological study done a number of years ago where they had pictures of people at age 10, and they had pictures of the same people at age 50, and they asked panels of raters to rate the pictures. And it turns out the rating of the person at age 10 and age 50 were very similar. The paper was called Do Ugly Ducklings Become Ugly Ducks? Okay, it's a great title. I wish I'd have thought of it. Okay, So the question is, I'm not sure people can really do much to improve their beauty without tremendous maxillofacial surgery, which is expensive and painful. We looked into this in the case of one data set. It's very hard to get data. You need information on spending on these activities, cosmetics, clothing, hair. You need information on beauty, the rating of the beauty of the person, and you also need information on their economic outcome. We found this for women in Shanghai, China. We had a data set which had all these things in them. And what's very clear from those data is that yes, the beauty affects earnings just as much as in Western countries. Uh, unfortunately, however, the other part of the nexus, does the spending affect the beauty, there's a minute effect. See, we're able to calculate what is the effect per dollar or per pound spent on beauty on your extra earnings. And the answer is it's maybe 4, 5, 10% at most. In other words, the spending is not a good economic investment at all. It doesn't really improve you very much. Okay? That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. I mean, I buy nice clothing. I like silk ties. In fact, this is, by the way, here you'll be pleased to note, notice that, a Liberty of London silk tie. Uh, I do this as pure consumption. I don't think it's really going to affect how beautiful I am, nor is it going to affect my earnings in the Economist. So most of these spending apparently has nothing to do with this as an economic investment. It's rather consumption. So there's not much you can do. I'm terribly sorry. Is, is what you're measuring discrimination? I mean, is, is that effectively it's people discriminating between a good-looking person and a not-so-good-looking person? Yes and no. I mean, we tend in our business to see whenever there's a differential outcome that we can't explain by other characteristics, we identify that as discrimination. And I can throw this back at you and say, well, sure, employers pay more for the better-looking person, but they're also getting something more from that better-looking person. The better-looking person brings in more customers, generates more revenue, generates more profits. 
in that sense, the employer is just doing a perfectly reasonable maximizing thing. The discrimination is not by the employer, it's rather by the customer's preferences. Is it discrimination? Yes and no. I don't know the answer to that. It's a very hard question. But it does lead you to think about this in larger contexts. I don't care much about discrimination for beauty. It's not an important issue in my mind, maybe in other people's. But is this any different from saying, well, a African-American or an Asian is paid less than a uh, European Westerner, white? Is that because of discrimination or is it because that the people who are buying the products that they're selling don't want to buy them from them as much? This is a very hard question, but it's an important philosophical question that underlies really all of what we do on um, legislation involving discrimination by race, ethnicity, whatever it is. It's a very hard question. That's, why, that's the reason I'm into this research, because I think it's, it's a way of thinking about racial issues without talking about race. Well, I was wondering what, what the pol public policy implications of, of this research program might be. I mean, The public policy implication, I'm absolutely convinced of this, is I mean, I could just as well justify anti-discrimination legislation to help the ugly. Now you might say, you know, why would anybody want to say, I'm ugly, help me? I can assure you, if I could get a 100,000 pound settlement because an employer didn't hire me or didn't promote me because I'm ugly, I'd go for it. I mean, you can call me as ugly as you want for 100K, anything you want, okay? The question so that's the price of ugliness? <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's probably far <laughs> below that, actually. Uh, but I think the issue there is, do we want to be spending our political resources on protecting this, that, or the other group? Especially in the U.S., where to me the essential issue in the United States throughout its history has been racial discrimination, the issue of race. That's the defining issue in American culture, in my view. I think it still is, despite Mr. Obama. It's the crucial issue. Uh, I really don't think we should be worrying about something as, in my view, as equally immutable as race, namely looks. I'm convinced it's immutable. But just not crucial to our society. And in a time where resources for political and efforts are highly limited, we don't do much in this country for anything anymore, I don't see why we should be spending our political resources on that rather than something more crucial like race or perhaps ethnicity. So I, I don't think for policy purposes this is important, but others may well disagree. I came across some guy who was trying to recruit me about eight years ago. He had a society to help the ugly. Uh, he, he was lobbying Congress. He actually testified before some congressional committee on general legislation to protect the ugly. And there's legislation on this in cities, various California cities. Not surprisingly, it's California. Where do you expect these things to happen? Have protections in hiring and housing for the ugly. I mean, it's just, people will always push for this. And the, the other side, I guess, tax, tax the beautiful. <laughs> well, certainly you think about tax theory. One of the ideas we have in uh, theory of taxation is to tax those things that are, that are basically not going to be affected by it. So, you know, if people aren't going to try making themselves ugly because of a tax, why not tax it? I mean, there's very little what we call excess burden. It doesn't distort decisions. So, yeah, tax the, tax the beautiful, fine. I mean, you know. On the other hand, I'm not sure I want to help Mick Jagger by subsidizing his bad looks, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don Hammermesh, many thanks. Thank you. It's a pleasure chatting with you.